When something happens to your kitchen, you might say, This is ludicrous. But that won't fix your home. That will only get you the rapper, Ludicrous. Having trouble? Don't panic. Don't be alarmed. You need to file a claim? Holler at State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. That's right. You can file a claim on the app or call us. Thanks, Mr. Chris. No matter how ludicrous the situation, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. Hey, what no, what no. This the original franchise boy, that boy, Jizzle, a.k.a. Fresh Prince of Allen Temple. And right now I just jumped out of the port with Dirty Glove Basket. Holla at your guala. Jizzle! Catch me in a six foot, smoking like King Chong, bells a little watch, diamond wedding ring on. All right, so we got the one and only Jizzle Man jumping off the porch with us today. What no, what no. How you feeling, bro? Oh man, feel good. Feel good. I feel brand new. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's what's up, man. Now I appreciate you coming by. And go ahead and introduce who else you got sitting on the porch with you today, uh, also, man. Oh man. I got my brother Black Boy. Hey, you know who this is? This is Rich, Mr. 365. And y'all know my other brother, Money Sauce, Young Sauce to God. Straightforward entertainment. Okay. The original sure, franchise boy. I'm Jizzle, a.k.a. the Fresh Prince of Allen Temple. Yes, sir, man. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's start right there with Allen Temple, man. <laughs> so, man, what used to go on in Allen Temple? What used to go on in Allen Temple? Oh, man, anything you can think of in the Atlanta ghetto housing project. You know what I mean? Anything you can think of. Just like everywhere, it just maybe different slang, different lingo. You know what I mean? It, it, it's pretty much the same. Yeah. And what about the, the culture out in Bankhead, man? The culture, as far as what? Man, the culture is, it's Southern, but you know it's ghetto, but it's just someone, when you come from that, or you as deep indebted in it as I am, you know what I'm saying, you become to love it. <laughs> I dig that. So what was Jizzle into as a kid growing up in Allen Temple then? What was I into as a kid in Allen Temple? Oh man, anything a young typical person like me in the air thing, you know, hustling in the street, cutting school, smoking weed, fucking bitches. I'm, I'm doing everything, you know, a younger like me could be doing, trying to make my way out. And not like others in my hood at that point in time, I was, I was rhyming, you yeah. know what I'm saying? I was rapping, I was rhyming. Okay. And I used to rap for uh, a lot of the old heads. You know what I'm saying? A lot of the OGs from Allentown. I used to just rap for them. I might come to the track early in the morning. And you know, I was way fat when I was younger. I was a lot fat. I was fat. I was a lot chubby. And he was like, shit, can I get a rhyme, fat boy? Can I get a rhyme? <laughs> like it was like the biggest shit, but it was de- it's dead serious. That really used to go on with me. Like I remember my OG P, uh, JP. He used to see he'd be sitting up there in that chair. Fat boy, let me get a rhyme in the morning. He just sit back and I just I just go to I just go to rapping. Yeah, I was doing that a lot as well as other things. Okay. So at what age would you say you jumped off the porch then? Oh, uh, nine. Nine? Woo! Man, man, let me tell you something. And this is a true fact. Anybody that knows me and that know me that you know, you can ask this. Like, I've been smoking weed since I was nine years old. I've been playing guns and fishing since I was nine years old. Hmm. Everything that I pretty much do as an adult, I've been doing since I was nine years old. I've been rapping and writing and playing with pistols and fishing and 
buying cars and jewelry and shit since I was nine years old. Like, into, into, into that at, at a young age, so I jumped out of the porch at nine. Like, somebody else will be at home getting ready for school, which I should have been, which I did, but I got introduced to a lifestyle at an early age that I fell in love with, and I just don't know how to let it go. <laughs> yeah. So what got you into rapping that first way back then? I don't know, I guess just the love of music and then the people that was around me growing up that was rhyming. Like, when I was growing up, like, it was, it was like LL Cool J, Hitman Sammy Sam, Kilo Ali, you know what I'm saying, uh, Jake the Snake the Drake, Jake the Snake or something like that. It was like rappers like that, E-40 and all them people like that. Like, they was, they was what was going on. They were what I was hearing. They were going on, they were out here, so that was a big influence on me then. Back then, when you bought like artist singles, mm -hmm. like you bought them on a cassette tape, and then the cassette tape would have the instrumental on them. And boom, there you go. You can rap and use the little punk thing and record yourself. I was doing that and had a whole song. How old were you then? Shit, probably about 13. Okay. Probably about 13. Yeah, that's when I started trying to learn how to do stuff because I ain't know how I was going to be able to do it for real or if I was going to ever be able to do it for real. You know what I'm saying? But I know I was going to get good as I possibly could at it so people could listen. Mm -hmm. So were you just like handing out the tapes or how are you getting people to hear? I get like, like the people, like, like especially like the dope boys in my hood who got night call. I get on the tape and let them play it and let them hear it and some of them will like it. And they'll <laughs> just play it and like, It'll be a song that's just known around the way, but around the way now I'm known for rapping. Okay. <laughs> so how'd you get the name Jizzle? Um, it came from a deceased friend of mine, and I kept it in honor of his name. Like, it was like, my, my nickname growing up was BJ. So I had a partner named Cheese, and when I used to rhyme, he used to be in the building, he was like, Big Jizzle. And that was, I got, he gave me that name probably about 13, 14 years old. But when it was time for me and them franchise boy to get signed a couple years on down the line, BG was already generated with the B Jizzle, so I flipped mm -hmm. it to Jizzle Man. Okay. Yeah. So how did them franchise boys, how did the whole group form? How did you guys grow up together or how did all this come about then? I mean, we, we all from around the same parts, you know what I'm saying? We all from around the same parts. The uh, producer Pimpin', he, mm -hmm. he from my hood, he from Allen Temple. Okay. A lot of people might not know that, but he from Allen Temple. And uh, he, he had the in-house studio. He had the in-house studio, and then it used to be like a lot of folks over there rhyming. A lot of folks over there rapping, just, you know, jumping on beat. But I was the first dude that Pimp ever recorded because, you know, he was just in tune, but I was already in tune with music and I already rapping. I, I already was having bars. And I just started used to go on there and do music with Pimp. Then we did a song together. It was like Pockets on Zero. He made the beat to it and I rapped it. And I gave it to my little brother Bookie from Cleveland Avenue. He got a little cutness with a little son and I gave it to him. And the little song got popular, you know, around the way, like over there on Cleveland on Grand Avenue and definitely in Allen Temple. So, we just started, we built the chemistry and started working together. Then he went out to college. Well, the other members went, rest in peace, buddy. Shout out to Lay, like, they were doing music in college. Mm -hmm. And when 
they got in trouble in college. They didn't never did come back after they did whatever it was they did. I wasn't in college, so I don't know what they did. So whatever they did, they never went back to college. So shit, uh, me and Parley, I used to be in his hood, he used to be in my hood, but we ain't know that, we ain't know each other. But he heard me rap on a song that Pimp had, and he asked Pimp, he like, who the hell that is? He like, oh, that Jizzle. And Pale told him, like, let's go find that nigga right now. And they came <laughs> and got me, you know what I'm saying? And that's how the main members formed, like, who was going to be in the group. We didn't even have no name at first. Everybody just who they was as they own, you know what I'm saying? Because we all were solo artists, but actually in the beginning, you know, I was like, I was like pimp artists. I was just like pimp artists, you know what I'm saying? I was like the first, the first whoever rapped for him, the first whoever recorded. Like, I made pimp believe this shit could happen, you know what I'm saying? Like, that for real, on God. So that's how it kind of formed, and then, you know, as we seen who was willing to put what toward doing it, then all the group of guys and everybody who just used to be around the studio, then they kind of got sorted out, like, okay, well, you just, all right, well, all right, okay, we see who who. So we formed it, Pimp, Buddy, and Parlay, Jizzle, yeah. we have a soiree. <laughs> So talk about the creation process for White Tea, man. White Tea? White Tea, I wasn't there for the vibe of White Tea or mm. for the really remaking of it. It was something that was in the talks before I had had my situation. Cause you know, at that time, like, like I said, I was living different than people my age. So I'm the only one in the group that got a child already. I already got a child at this time. Before White Tea, you see we talking about the creation of what I already got a child. <laughs> like I already got a child, so. My arm broke. I'm, I'm, I'm selling crap. I done knocked out a junkie and hurt my hand, this, that, and the third. So I'm fucked. Look, I can't come out the house for a few days and I'm trapping out my mom's apartment. You know what I'm saying? I'm trapping out my mom's apartment. But I got my baby too, because at the time, I used to go get, no matter what was going on that weekend, I still made sure I went and picked up my little girl. I used to go all the way pick up my, my daughter, my, which is my oldest daughter today. But I used to go all the way pick her up. So when they was recording White Tea, I was down there at home with my baby and in the sling. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there for the creation of white tea. That's why you only hear me on the yips and on the hook and okay. things like that of white tea. And I don't have a verse on white tea. See, I wasn't even there for the creation of white tea. So what you think when you first heard the song they presented it when to they you? First, when they if you went on a road trip and you didn't stop for a Big Mac or drop a crispy fry between the car seats or use your McDonald's bag as a placemat, then that wasn't a road trip. It was just a really long drive. Bada ba 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 At participating McDonald's. first played it for a minute. I knew it was... At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. See, like I knew it was something like that, 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 that was going to be bigger than what it was, but I didn't expect it to be that big. Because for the simple fact, we only made music for round our way. That's what I do. Like when I used to rap, I used to rap to prevent catching the dope cave or just because I'm in the mood to rap. But it was something that I had already did, so I was quite better than it than a lot of people that, well, than everybody that was around our, 
our production company. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I, I, I ain't really get to uh, I ain't really get to see the vibe of it. But oh, I think they like me. Okay. Oh, I think they like me, which came another one of our biggest records to this day. Like my artist had gave Pimp the idea for oh, I think they like me. Rest in peace, Jesse. And Pimp did it. Pimp sampled himself. He told Pimp, hey man, you know what it'd be hot? Sample yourself saying, oh, I think. So Pimp went in the house and did it, because I Pimp had an apartment in Allen Temple. <laughs> Pimp had an apartment. Like my mama got an apartment. I'm standing out there with my mama. His mama got an apartment too, but Pimp done fucked around and something going on at the Temple where he can get his own apartment. Pimp got his own apartment. So that's what a studio was. So Pimp go right in the house and go do the shit. He called me probably about six hours later. Which I wasn't there when they had the conversation when Jesse told him to do it or whatever, whatnot. But he called me and said, Come up here. And I came up there and I heard that bit. I had like two different verses on it. But we had a lot going on at the time. A lot of folks were talking about us and we was getting into a lot of stuff like at concerts and stuff like that. So I had a lot of stuff to get out of my chest. So I ain't really rap on that. I'm just really talking stuff to the people. Like I'm pretty blunt if you knew what was going on, who I'm talking to or whatever, whatnot. Now, the, the chemistry that was built on that, I know about that. I already knew that was out of here, boy, because I felt the way, and it felt the way, too. <laughs> no, definitely, man. That's went crazy. It felt, it felt the way, too. So were you guys already signed at that point, or were labels reaching out then, or? When we did, oh, I think they liked me. I think we had my, maybe just got signed. That, like, okay. that was the first situation. We was over at uh, Universal. We was over at Motown. Yeah. We was over there at Motown, yeah. We was over there at Motown. So what was that whole process like having these labels reaching out? Because there was like a whole bidding war for you guys at the time, right? Yeah, it was. It was like Rockefeller, like JD, Universal, Dev Jam, Atlanta. And we had actually started taking a couple of meetings. That when I had first met Sean Paul back then. I met him really? at Atlantic. No, I met him at, what was, what was it? J.I. Crickets on Bankhead with the, with the reps from Atlantic. And they got Sean Paul there too. <laughs> <laughs> they trying to win you guys over. Yeah, huh? but he telling me what's going on. He's like, hey, shout to make them folk cut that cheek. You know how he talk. <laughs> <laughs> so what was it about Universal's offer that made you guys want to say, all right, this is the one, man? Well, you know, we got the most money from Universal, and also we had way more control than any artist. Like, we controlled the whole budget. All the money that they gave though, we control. We we we, we distributed that like how how that money got spent, the way it went to. You like a lot of artists, they ain't, they ain't control their whole budget. We control the whole budget, the album. We put it out what we pretty much wanted to. Then everything mm-hmm. we came in there as a young CEO, we did what we wanted to do. Yeah. So what was it like putting together that first album, man? It it, it was. It was a great experience because it was a lot going on, good, but it was still like. Damn, we still kind of in this shit though. We still kind of in this shit. So a lot of the feeling, that's what I know I dedicated into putting in, putting the album together. Cause it was just, it was so much going on at the time. I can remember things, but it was so much going on at the time, man. Like we used to have to perform with, with scraps and have all kind of crazy niggas with us. Like it used to be crazy. I used to get followed home and I'm still living in the project. I used to have to oh, do shit. Yeah, it was crazy. It was a lot. Why were you on. still in the projects? Why didn't you move out at that point? Because it wasn't time. The money wasn't plentiful enough, though. We mm. fucked that up. We some young niggas. <laughs> 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 we fucked that up. What are you talking about? <laughs> what was like your first big that purchase? What'd my, you do? Buy a car or what? My first big purchase was a chain. Okay. 
My favorite person was the chain. What you get? Like the gold robe? What you have back then? I, uh, uh, the franchise records piece. Okay, yeah. Yeah, the franchise record piece. Some shits were huge. Yeah, the franchise record piece. <laughs> yeah, I had got that one the first. All right, so the the first album drops, man. What what were these shows like? Cause you guys were touring all over the place too, man. Man, the show was crazy. You talking about like in 03, 04. Oh man. Woo wee. <laughs> Damn, man. Was it easy? You made me feel, you made me feel old when you just asked about it. Cause I just really just <laughs> took a second to think about that. You just really made me feel old, man. <laughs> Were you guys ready for all that attention and kind of like getting used to that fame? Was that hard Hell to adjust no. to? Or? Hey, we were not ready to deal with all that fame and popular. I know I went. I know I went. Cause I get irritated real quick, especially like like <laughs> simple as shit. Like it pissed me off. Like for real. Like what the stupid mother. And I forgot I'm supposed to be this character. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> shit like that. Yeah, man. Like man. Yeah. Yeah. So how did Jermaine Dupree get in the picture, man? How'd you guys link up with him at first? How we linked up with JD? Oh, um, actually we linked up with JD because we had already been kind of fucking with him because on the white tee, he jumped on the remix, mm-hmm. him and my partner Slim. So, so there. They jumped on the remix. They jumped on the remix, did a remix to white tee. So, oh, I think they liked me was on our first album with Universal. The original, oh, I think they liked me, just me, Pimp, and Young Nut. Yeah. That one was on the first album. They were telling her about the next single. We were like, we're gonna go, oh, I think they like me next. They like, nah, it too much sound, it sound too much like white tea. I said, it don't sound nothing like white tea. <laughs> they ain't believe in it. So they dropped this. No shit. Yeah. Universal dropped this. But at the time, things had done slowed up, but me and Pimp was still working. We were still working. Everybody was doing whatever they were, they were doing, but we would still link up because we still did spot date shows and shit. We'll still link up like that. Me and Pimp was already pushing, oh, I think they liked me on their own because we felt the way because we really liked that song and how the song came about and they just shitted on it. Hmm. So me and Pimp get the shit hot in the street and then all the little high schools and stuff because we had little people going to high school and they're in a contest, but they'll use the, oh, I think they liked me song and play it and end up winning. <laughs> so I called Pimp, I said, Pimp, boy, but he hold just one damn content playing it. Oh, I think they like me. He talking for real, for real. Why well, motivate that nigga? And that nigga ain't got their cane out of my house by the stack of CD like that. He done pressed up with number. Oh, I think they like me. <laughs> we pad them bitches out. And they think that bitch get hot on the radio. JD jump on the remit, throw Brad and Bow Wild on there. That shit was huge, man. That was the history right there. That, nope. that what took them boys to platinum right there. That, that's, that's how we just linked it by that record, just like that. We didn't know he was going to do it. He ain't called and said he was going to do it. He just did the shit. And that shit got down. We, 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 we worked that shit out from there. You know what I'm saying? Because he had a situation over there in Virgin and shit. Mm-hmm. We had a situation here and there and everywhere, but it fit it. It fit it. Like the look, it fit it. And then it was already on the remix. The song went number one on Billboard. Did you guys even know about Billboard? Did you know what, how big that was I didn't, at the I didn't time? Know, I didn't know the importance of it, but I knew it was something that I like to say. Wait, like, <laughs> somebody pick me up. Wait, number one on the Billboard, bitch. I knew that. <laughs> I knew that and some shit like that. Like, yeah, yeah, I knew the importance of Billboards then, but now I definitely know the importance of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, then, like, yeah, I, I ain't know the importance of it, but I know, 
I know it means I'm good or something. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get higher than number one, right? <laughs> right, right. So that was that basically was. All right, so what Damn. about lean with a rock with it, man? Oh, man. That took a nigga to another level, and I ain't even like lean with a rock with it. Really? Hell no, I ain't like it. J I got on it. JD asked me to get on uh, lean with a rock with it. Hmm. Probably, yeah. JD asked me to get on there, cause I ain't really like it at first. And then it went so much as I ain't like it. I ain't like, I ain't like how it came about far as how the song came about or whatever. So I ain't, I ain't really like, oh, I think they like me. Then JD asked me to get on. But that bitch went crazy. Yeah. <laughs> the chillin', the grown folk lean with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I remember that verse. Yeah, that me on Jilson. A little more slim, a lot more trimmer, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> hey there, ever thought about what makes your heart beat a little faster? Oh, you mean like when you discover a new track that just speaks to you? Yeah, or finding a movie that you can't stop thinking about? Well, get ready to feel that excitement all over again because Amazon Prime is here to take your entertainment and shopping experience to the next level. Absolutely. Prime isn't just about getting your packages quicker. It's about diving into a world of endless possibilities from the latest releases to exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. And don't even get me started on the music. Prime offers concert specials that will transport you right to the front room. It's like being at the hottest gigs without leaving your living room. I use Prime to tap in with some of my favorite artists' live shows from any and every genre of music. Trust me, Prime is a game changer. It's like having a personalized superstore and entertainment hub right at your fingertips. So why wait? Head over to Amazon.com forward slash Prime and start experiencing entertainment like never before. You guys had a remix with Corn. Did you yeah, even know who Corn was? I had I had uh, I had to do some research on it before we <laughs> flew out there to California. <laughs> Cause I was like the folks at the label, they were so excited about the shit, and I'm like that shit I ain't. You know what I'm saying? That shit I'm just knocked me off my feet. Who we call? <laughs> like that's how I was at first until I found out. Like God damn. Then I met John. You know what I'm saying from the corn band and all that. So that but that was an honor, boy. And I had a good time out there in California with him and everything. Oh yeah. Hell yeah, we had a good every time out there in California. Hey yeah, it went down. <laughs> Look, he trying to get something out of me. Look, he trying to get me tears, so. <laughs> so. At State Farm, we're committed to uplifting black futures. In collaboration with organizations like 100 Black Men and National Urban League, State Farm provides high school students with the opportunity to learn and apply best practice strategies for saving and investing, all while offering academic support, life skills, and exposure to college access programs to prepare these students for life after high school. Check out 100blackmen.org and nul.org to donate and learn more. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. How, how was it working on that second album compared to the first one? Oh man, it was so, life was, life was so in, it, it's so different from the first album on that album. Yeah, life was in the play, man. You know what I'm saying? Nigga was actually living life for real. Like, I ain't even really got to come to the hood if I don't want to. I don't even got to see none of these niggas I don't want to. Like, life was a whole nother. So I got the, I got the, I got the blossom on that album a little bit. You know what I'm saying? I got the blossom on that album a little bit. Was JD, was he very hands-on during the studio sessions or he kind of just let you guys do you? Just, we were doing that. Like, we were always kind of in control of, like, all that shit. 
he'll just come back at the end, you know, if he gonna do something or whatever, he produced one track on that album. That was the one with Bun, uh, the sample of Pimp C and Bun B on there with it. Okay, yeah. My Music, that's the name of My Music. Yeah. So uh, was it just a one album deal you guys had with JD or what happened after that second album drop? Uh, after the second album dropped and it did what it did, it took all the platinum, appreciate them platinum plats and all of that. <laughs> appreciate y'all, appreciate y'all. Yeah, love. Um, Shawda had a situation at Dev Jam. JD had a situation okay. at Dev Jam. So he went over there and he was trying to take her, but you know, Virgin wasn't trying to let her go because they, they were saying like, out of everything Shawda brought over there, we were the only one that had just made them some money. <laughs> <laughs> they wasn't trying to see you leave then. Yeah, so the money that Shawda was telling her to ask them for. He, he told her to ask them for a number, and them folk weren't trying to give her no number. <laughs> no, no, they did. They, t they did tell us a number. They said five million. That's what Ooh, they did. To leave? Yeah. They said five million. So JD said, what? <laughs> Y'all get them five million. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, D4L was out at the same time, man. Yeah. So, like, was there beef amongst the groups? Was it just music related or what was the whole situation with them man i don't really want to say that would be you know what i'm saying at one point it might have been but i don't really want to say that would be it was more like some brother just getting into it and you know what i'm saying feelings all over the place that's what i say you know what i'm saying because that was basically what it was it that was, some brothers getting into it and feelings all over the place that's what i called it yeah. but they were out at the time yes what you think of Bet You Can't Do It Like Me the first time you heard that song? I didn't care to put a wager on it. <laughs> I didn't care to put a wager on it, but it was, it was hot. It was hot. It was hot. It was hot. And they definitely represent the West Side. They definitely holding this shit down, especially for the streets and all that West Side or that bank here. They were definitely doing it. Yeah. They were definitely holding that shit down, though. Definitely. Baby. Shout out to Stunt Man, man. Shout out to Front. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what'd you guys think when, uh, you know, music critics started calling it snap music, man? Did you guys even care or? We acknowledged it. We acknowledged it. Kings of the snap music. That, you know, that was what, what, what we started going as too. That, that became another strike under the belt for us, you know what I'm saying? It ain't, it ain't phased up because we start, I started putting in, bro, you know I got to talk my shit. You know I got to talk, you know, I, see that, that, see that, that's what it was, talk my shit. I was talking my shit. Yeah, kings of the snap music. They don't know how to act to it. Make that ass bounce, make it float like a black beauty. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, the third album was dropped under what, Koch, right? The third album dropped up under Capital and Koch. Okay. Yeah, Capital and Koch. So yeah. how did that whole deal come about then? They basically, uh, Koch licensed our album out through Capital, basically, because we was on Capital at the time of the third album. Third deal with Capital. Okay. Yeah, we was over there. So, yeah. How, how'd you feel about that third album? How I feel about it? I had some good moments of creating that album, but things were going crazy at that time too, goddamn. The third album, it was just like, shit, what the hell finna go on now? Cause <laughs> shit was just so unorganized, so out of play. This nigga over here, this nigga over there, I'm over there, this nigga right there. He doing it, he doing that. It, it was just so much and the labor ain't got no control over us. This, that, and the third. So I'm like, fuck it. I already know what I'm finna do. I got me a couple youngins. Got me a couple youngins. You know what I'm saying? They, they really can do music. And 
I already knew it was something going on then. Like, you know what I'm saying? The third album, that was the third album. Like, shit was all over the place in the third album. Yeah. Hell yeah. So did the group break up or was it just kind of like everyone just kind of went their separate ways? It was just like a nigga went home and niggas didn't just didn't call each other no more. Really? <laughs> 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 nigga might call for a show, you might got them not, or he might not. Like, hell yeah, nigga just went home one day and nigga didn't call each other no more. That what it was, I'm telling you. Shit like that, for real. Did something happen or was it just kind of... You don't know no groups that's, that become successful and stay together. Yeah, it's very rare. Like, you don't know no groups that, you know what I'm saying, have special amount of success we had and stay together. You know, they'll get back together, but them motherfuckers gonna have a breakup point. <laughs> they get, like, a lot of groups, they get back together, they were awesome together, they did a lot of things together, but they'll get back together, but their breakup is coming. I don't give a fuck who you is. Nigga, niggas didn't think Field Mob would do it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Nigga, their breakup is coming, nigga. Some money go to accumulate, egos get flared, nigga. The breakup is coming. Yeah. Oh, can you share a story about Buddy or just tell us what type of person Buddy was? Man, Buddy was my brother, man. Buddy, Buddy was, I mean, he know I love him. That Buddy was Charlie Sheen crazy. Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Buddy was crazy. <laughs> and I got, a, uh, I got a record that ain't been released with all four of us on it and Buddy on there. And he say that, Try me, watch I whip out, imp the whole clip out, and say something, watch he Charlie Sheen flip out. And I'm like, that is really, like, that's really you. Like, that, Buddy was crazy, but that nigga was smart as hell. Like, with Buddy, he, he always, like, was the concept guy of the group. It was his concept and idea to do a song about a white tee. We just didn't have no hook to it, and then when it was time to do the hook to it, I wasn't around, and probably ended up putting the hook together, but it was Buddy's idea to do a song of white tee. Yo, Sean was smart as hell. He had a what, 4.4, 4.0 or 4.4 in college, some shit like that. It was something like that. Yeah, Buddy was smart as nigga. Rest in peace, John. I'll never forget you. Yeah, long live Buddy, man. Yeah. Um, we so, fly. So did you end up starting your own label uh, when the group kind of split up or what happened? I started my own label. And like all of us did kind of start a little labels, a little entities. We did that shit while shit was going on. We had, you know what I'm saying? We didn't, like, in some of the videos, I already had the label pieces charms on and shit. <laughs> like, yeah, I already, yeah, hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Good entertainment, man. Straightforward entertainment. Straightforward, you can't ignore it. That's what these people behind me, that's what they represent. You know what I'm saying? Because we're moving straightforward. We ain't breaking or nothing. And we ain't looking behind us, you know what I'm saying? If that where a motherfucker is, that where a motherfucker getting little dick behind, cause we straightforward, can't ignore it. Yeah, kind of speak on some of the differences that come with, you know, being an independent artist compared to being on a major label like you guys were. You gotta make yourself as an independent artist, as an independent artist, you gotta make yourself a major. Like, cause you gotta do everything that the major would be doing. Like, studio time. Interview time, marketing time, like that's still the label pay for. You're an independent artist, you are the label. You have to pay for those things. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, yep. so what's the single that you're pushing right now, Jill? Oh man, I got a couple singles. But I got that uh, Touch Me Out, that video is out right now. Okay. That Touch Me Out. I got that Talk My Shit out, I got that Talk My Shit project about to come out. Okay. Featuring me and Money Sauce, Sauce to God, that's about to come out. And also my cooking show. 
I saw that, man. You did, for real. I mean, I you saw you got it? one coming, man. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Lean in the pot with it. Lean in the pot <laughs> That's with it. That's ghetto gourmet. Yeah. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. So what inspired to say, fuck it, man? I need to make a cooking show, man. What inspired me to do the cooking show? Uh, I ain't gonna lie, that nigga Pimp. Hmm. Pimp called me. He called me, bro, that nigga said, just like, you know what? And this was not, not too long before I, before I left. You know, I just came home or whatever, but Pimp called me, he was like, just like, you know what you need to do? You need to do a cooking show. That's what you need to do. Because, you know, I always used to cook, and he used to always tease me about, like, I need to get a restaurant called the Chisels. That was, that was people say, you know, he's stupid. He'll say shit like that. That's what he told me, like, in the height of our career. He was telling me then, because I might get in the van, we finna go out of town and go do a show or uh, go on tour or some shit, and I might bring some food out of how the island cook, like some wings or some shit like that. And he might be the tailor of the month. He told me, you need to do a restaurant. He <laughs> called it Chisels. <laughs> so, Pilt inspired me to do, you know, the cooking show, though. Shaw inspired me to do it. And when I saw what he meant by it, and I thought about those times back when he used to tease me about it. That's not, that's all, that's, that Shaw was the inspiration for that. So what's some of your specialties? Like what you know for cooking, Jizzle? Chicken, wingy bingy. <laughs> chicken wing, man, you okay. know what I mean? Yeah, hell yeah, chicken wing. So when will the show start airing? Next year, or you got it? You got some already filmed, or yeah, we got some pilots filmed, but we about to jump really deep off into it starting the beginning of the year. Okay. Cause like I told you, know, I'm just, I'm just coming home. I'm just, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So we working though. You know, we right back at it. We right back at it. You know what I'm saying? All good vibes around. All positive people around me. All prosperous peoples around me. All God fearing around me, you know what I'm saying? That's all I, you know what I'm saying? That's how I'm moving. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what should fans expect from this new album then that's about to drop? Oh man, they can expect the new me, but first and most important too, also, I want to apologize to all the fans, all the families and friends and all parties, you know what I'm saying, that, that suffered or suffered a loss in the situation or whatever, whatnot. And I want to apologize to my wife and my children, you know what I'm saying? But I'm back, though. I'm back, though. I'll let you ball So who are some of the artists or producers you've been working with for this next album? For the next album, what's the sauce? Sauce? We got T.A. See, Sauce, he did with all the folks like that. I don't even see <laughs> He did with all the folks. Yeah, Evo, Evo Purdue talked my shit. I ain't gonna do you like that, even. I do remember your name. I do remember you, Evo. You came down and got in the video. El De Niro, yeah. Actually, he's straightforward. He should be, he signed us. How y'all forget the nigga? <laughs> See, I blame it on them. See, I got good people I can blame it on. See, that, that's the difference. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, a, a bunch of them. I got one up my sleeve. I don't want to say a name. He don't do what he say he going to do. But it's one major one that I definitely know you know. 
But okay. I ain't gonna say, no, I ain't gonna say it, cause he might don't do it, don't be mad here. I want you to, after the interview come out, I want you to edit this shit off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, wait till that shit done. Man. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I gotta wait, I gotta wait. He might don't do what he said. Oh, but I do got the new franchise record though with me and Pimp. It's called Get Off My Dick. Okay. I do got that, man. Shouting that, man. Man, Pimp and Poe to get together and shoot the video for that, but the record is done. You go on YouTube, hit that, that motherfucker is out of here. Yeah. That's major, right Yeah, there. I do got to get off my dick record with Pimp, though. Yeah. yeah. And you put the, putting together a tour, right? Um, That was in the talk. That was in the talk, but I don't know. I don't know. That's what, that was in the talk. God willing it is, though, but that was in the talk. I don't know, but I got like, so much other stuff I'm trying to get, you know what I'm saying, caught up on and launch and shit like that. And, Children who think they growner than me and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a lot of other stuff that I got focused on too while we sort that out or whatever that's gonna be. Yeah. yeah. Say no more. Yeah. Alright, so going into 2022, man, what's some of your goals? What's some of your plans for the new year, man? To have you film in my cooking show permanently. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just everybody around me that I love and, you know what I'm saying, near dear to my heart that, you know, that they all right and I'm able to make them be all right if they not all right. And just to be here for my people and be here, period, man, you know what I'm saying? Everything else, this music, I already know what it's going to take. I already know what it's going to take. I got that in the lock. I got the music part in the lock. But we just want to be a successful black record company. Cooking show. <laughs> nah, I dig that. Man. Yeah, yeah, and whatever you know, my children set out to what they want to do, cause that's what I'm basically trying to focus on. With what you gonna do, Shawty? Shawty, what you gonna do? So we can start, you know, tapping into that shit right now. You know what I'm saying? Cause I don't tell you what gonna happen to daddy, you, you, granddaddy too. You know I'm a granddaddy now too. Is he really? Yeah, I'm a granddaddy oh, too. Yeah, Congrats, yeah. man. Hell yeah. Yeah. See, so you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm tapping into, like trying to see what's what, how we gonna. That's that's where I'm at with it right now. I ain't worried about me. I'm gonna be alright. Money sauce. He he pretty much runs the company. I work for him. <laughs> <laughs> just focus on the music, man. Yeah, I just you know what I'm saying. But shout it, shout it, mostly handle that. Oh, and my little nephew Bally, he coming too. He coming too. Y'all get ready for him, Bally. Young Bally, shout it ain't nothing to play with, man. Shout it ain't nothing to play with. He coming. Matter of fact, he's gonna be on this project too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Shout it coming. Yeah. All right, Jizzle, you got any shout outs you like to give before we wrap it up here, man? Oh, shout out to my family. Shout out to my loved ones. Shout out to my my wifey, my snooker, my brothers, my children. You know what I'm saying? All my people down on Rice Street. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All my people on the west, and if you down and you wasn't never jealous, I'm fucking with you. I'm fucking with the fucking with you. You heard me? Yeah. Pitch me in a six four, smoking like King Chong, bezel in a watch, diamond wedding ring on, steel round rims, hitting. Who needs an alarm in the morning when McDonald's has sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles and a breakfast cutoff? Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.